God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Greg Backus, your host. Jesus Christ is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Jesus Christ is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when he lived and walked among people, and he makes a difference today because he was raised from the dead and is seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day circumstances of life. God's love for you, it knows no bounds. We have a wonderful show planned today. We'll hear some wonderful music. We'll read some of the Bible together regarding the love God has for each of us. Let's start off with some music. Thank you. 
God loves each of us so very, very much. His love is found in His providing for each of us a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Many, many years ago, Adam and Eve, they found themselves in the Garden of Eden, and they had a perfect relationship with God. They walked and they talked with the Creator of the heavens and the earth. Everything in their life was perfect. There was no fear. There was no lack. They were never sick. There was no death. Adam and Eve intimately knew their God and their Creator. They knew His voice, and their hearts were pure. The devil tempted Eve to not trust God as her sole sufficiency. She believed the lie that God was holding out on her. Eve was deceived. Adam disobeyed with his eyes wide open. And it states that in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. Adam knew that what he was doing was wrong. Adam's disobedience had far-reaching consequences. God had told Adam that on the day that he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that he would die. Adam was a three-part being when he was originally body, soul, and spirit. His body was formed of the dust of the ground. His soul life came into being when God breathed into him the breath of life. His spirit, that was created when God created Adam in his own image. We know in the Gospel of John chapter 424, it says that God is spirit. Well, in the Garden of Eden, God told Adam not to eat of the tree of knowledge. And in the day that he did eat, he would die. Well, what died on that day? Adam disobeyed God. It was not his body. It was not his breath life or his soul that died that day. Because Adam lived, he lived another 930 years after his fall in the garden. So what died that day in the garden? It was Adam's connection to God. Spirit was removed from Adam. Adam lost the image of God, for God is spirit. From that moment forward, Adam and Eve were no different than any other animal in the sense that they were just body and soul. They no longer had spirit. Prior to Adam's disobedience, they both could talk to God and they both could hear from God. They had a relationship with the Creator of the heavens and the earth. Tragically, they no longer, after their disobedience, had a relationship with the Creator of the heavens and the earth. The relationship between man and his Creator had been severed. What devastating consequences! Devastating not only for Adam, but also for God. Adam was now walking in darkness. Adam was now fearful of the very God who had given him life. Adam and Eve, they hid themselves from God. The darkness, well, it eventually became so thick that mankind would get to the point in the days of Noah that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. What about God? Why was it heartbreaking for him? Because God is love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 states that he that loves not knows not God. For God is love. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, it says God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. God desires a family. He desires for people to love Him and to trust Him. He desires a relationship with you and I. He desires to give and to supply for each of us. When Adam disobeyed God, he committed treason. 
he handed over the authority and the dominion that had been given to him by God to God's arch enemy. God's enemy, the devil, now had control over mankind. The devil had received from Adam the authority to rule this world. God's creation, it fell into the hands of a a very diabolical and a very, very wicked evil spirit. But you know what? The even greater loss for God was that he no longer had children who had his nature, his spirit. He no longer had men and women who knew him as their sole source of supply. He no longer had intimate fellowship with his prized creation, mankind. What a terrible, terrible loss. There was now a void in the hearts of men and women. Mankind would now begin to try to earn a relationship with God through their works. Every single one would fall woefully short. God's void, well, his void was no family. He had no people to call his own and to shower with his love and his grace and his kindness. He had no people with which he could have an intimate relationship as he so desired by way of the Spirit. The relationship he desired with mankind was gone. Indeed, it was a very, very sad day. Now, God is so loving, God is so gracious that in Genesis chapter 3, he gave a promise. Despite Eve's deception and Adam's disobedience, in Genesis 3.15, God stated, I will put enmity between thee, the devil, and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. Her seed would be the Christ. It, her seed, shall bruise your head, and you shalt bruise his heel. And the bruise of the heel was by way of the crucifixion. Well, God promised that he would provide a solution here in Genesis to redeem mankind from the clutches of the evil one. God's solution would be the promised one, the Messiah, who would be obedient to his Father all the way to death. Philippians chapter 2, 8 states, And he, Jesus Christ, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Mankind would be purchased by the blood of the Savior from the hold of the enemy. This Savior, Jesus Christ, he would always love to the extreme. He always did what was required. He obeyed his heavenly Father. All throughout the Old Testament, the scriptures point to the coming Savior, the man who would not just rescue the day, but he would rescue mankind for all eternity. Man's Redeemer is mentioned all throughout the Old Testament. Not only would the Redeemer rescue man from death, but man would also be redeemed unto eternal life. God told Abraham that the promised Savior would come through his son Isaac. Moses, he also prophesied of the coming Messiah. God promised David that his throne would be established forever through the Messiah and that the Messiah would someday sit upon his throne. The prophet Micah, he prophesied of the coming Messiah and the location of his birth. All throughout the Old Testament are prophecies pointing to man's Redeemer, Jesus Christ. The children of Israel, they anticipated with great expectation their coming Messiah. All through the Old Testament, God used the feasts, sacrifices, the law, the offerings, the tabernacle, and the temple, all to point to the coming Redeemer. After almost 4,000 years, the moment arrived when a woman named Mary, she believed God concerning his promise of the coming Messiah. The angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she would bring forth a son, the Son of God, Mary, who was a humble and obedient servant, stated, Be it unto me according to your word. Since the fall of man in the garden, all of God's creation looked forward to the coming Messiah, the Anointed One, the one who would redeem man from the hold of the devil. And Mary believed God to bring into the world Jesus Christ. Now let's sort of look a little bit at the, the nature of man 
after the fall of Adam in the, the Garden of Eden, man's nature changed. Because prior to Adam's disobedience, man was righteous in the sight of God because he had the very nature of God, the spirit from God. He was created in God's image. When Adam disobeyed God, he'd lost the spirit. The relationship had been severed. Adam was now on his own. Fallen man took upon himself sin. And that sin nature, it resides in all that are born into this world today. Nobody escapes the consequence of Adam's disobedience. Some may say, well, you know, that's just not fair. Well, it may not be fair, but it is the truth. All mankind has come from the line of Adam. It doesn't matter if they're black, white, yellow, or red, male or female, or whether they're born into wealth or born into poverty. Every single one of us are descendants of Adam. All of us by nature are the children of disobedience and unbelief. Men and women since the days of Adam still strive to fulfill the desires of their flesh and of their mind. And it talks a little bit about that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. This corrupt nature of man is displayed every day in varying degrees of evil and insanity. You know, some may produce more socially acceptable displays of the sin nature than others do. You look around, there's tremendous heartache, sadness, brokenness, and tears that are all associated with the fallen nature of man. All that Adam brought leads to death. Men and women for centuries have sought to numb the pain of the old man nature by way of drugs, alcohol, anger, obsessions, ego, and numerous other addictions to fill the day and the night so as not to face the void found within the heart. The heart becomes numb over time when you're bombarded by the evil and the deceit of the world. People will build layers over their hearts. Under the hardened crust of being battered by the world, the heart is a very, very tender heart. Only the love of the Father can reach into that tender part of the heart. The love of the Father is the healing balm for the battered hearts of all mankind. The five senses, they're wickedly deceptive. The well-dressed man from the upscale neighborhood, you know, he has the same sin nature from Adam as the unemployed, unshaven street person holding the sign begging for money for food. We're all of the same race of man. We're all of one blood, as it states in the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 26. We've all been raised in this corrupt and evil world. You know, I've heard some say, well, that's not me. I've always lived an upright life and given back to my community. I'm a good person. Well, maybe so. The problem is not your works whether they be good or bad. The problem is the sin of Adam, which was inherited in the very fabric of your being. Man's nature is what has separated him from God, not his works. In Adam we all die. Sin entered the world through Adam, and death entered through sin. It talks about that in Romans chapter 5. Death, well, that is the result of the disobedience of Adam. Death has reigned through man's identity in Adam. We see men, women, and children every day living physical life. They're breathing, they're moving, yet they're spiritually dead. Body and soul life is temporal. It lasts only as long as you take your breath. The moment you take your last breath, your body and soul life has ended. The greatest loss resulting from Adam's disobedience that was the removal of God's Spirit from man. Man's Redeemer, Jesus Christ, he was sent to restore all of us back to what God originally intended. Men and women must receive Holy Spirit in order to have a relationship with God the Father. Works, whether good or bad, are irrelevant. Because without Holy Spirit, man is a natural being. When he dies, he's dead. There is no eternal Holy Spirit in the natural man. Every single person's greatest need today is Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit restores the relationship between God and men and women and children. There is literally no work any single one of us can do to earn eternal life. Mankind's very nature precludes him from having the ability to do good works to earn his own righteousness because of the nature of Adam. It's already been done for us through the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. You know, many today, they have a zeal of God and a zeal for religious matters, but not necessarily according to the truth. That was the problem in the first century that the Apostle Paul spoke of in Romans chapter 10. Sadly, many are ignorant of God's righteousness and still strive to establish their own righteousness. They haven't submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. What is it to submit? To submit ourself unto God is to believe him. Jesus Christ, he is the end of the law for right standing before God to everyone that believes. None of us, not a one of us, can pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. No one is self-made in the eyes of God. Eternal life, it's only available by accepting what God freely gives. Deliverance from the old nature, from the nature inherited from Adam, it comes by receiving the new nature. The new nature in man restores the relationship with God, who is a loving Heavenly Father. That is the love of the Father. Before we continue in the rest of the teaching today where we'll talk a little bit about about good works we'll talk a little bit about our relationship with our Heavenly Father and we'll talk a little bit about your purpose my purpose in life why don't we listen to this music first in my weakest moment I see you shaking your head in disgrace I can read the disappointment Written all over your face Here come those whispers in my ear Saying who do you think you are Looks like you're on your own from here Cause grace could never reach that far But in the shadow of that shame down by all the blame I hear you call my name Saying it's not over And my heart starts to beat so loud Now drowning out the doubt I'm down but I'm not out There's a a thirsty soul The broken side begins to heal And grace returns with guilty stone And in the shadow of that shame Deep down by all the blame I hear you call my name Saying it's not over And my heart starts to beat so loud Now drowning out the Beggar, 
talk a little bit about good works. Since all are dead in Adam, it's impossible for any of us to save ourselves by our own works. The need for a Savior is clearly evident. All of mankind needs to be rescued. You know, we're like a man that has fallen off a cliff and grabbed a branch just before falling into the abyss below. Our arm twinges with pain and tiredness We can't rescue ourselves. We have no strength. Just as we let go, our cries for help are heard. We're pulled to safety. God has done exactly that for each of us through the Lord Jesus Christ. He has done for us what we could never have done for ourselves. God is so rich in mercy. He has such an intense love for you and it burns white hot. When we accept God's solution, He makes us alive together with Him. He gives us the very life of Christ. It's the same life-giving Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It dwells in each of us. It's by God's grace. I didn't do anything to deserve it. You didn't do anything to deserve it. Not only has He given us life, He has also seated us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's where we find our identity today. We have joint seating with our Lord Jesus Christ. We are in the front row together, seated at God's right hand together through all the ages to come. Let's read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, which state some of this tremendous truth. Verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, Even when we were dead in sins, He has quickened us or made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And He has raised us up together and He's made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, He might show or put on exhibit the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. All of it, all of it is by God's undeserved favor, His grace, that you and I are saved and have eternal life. It's not of our own doing. No man, no woman, no child can strive to earn eternal life. It's not of our own work. It is the gift of God. There is no law, no ritual, no sacrifice, no good deed that you or I or anyone can do to be rescued from the death that was passed on by Adam. Only the perfect work of the perfect man, the Lord Jesus Christ, only he can give anyone eternal life. It's not of our works, lest any one of us should boast. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, let's read that. For by grace, God's favor, Are you saved through faith or believing? And not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. 
For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained, that we should walk in them. All are spiritually dead before believing unto eternal life. It is the accomplished work of the Lord Jesus Christ that makes eternal life available today. No work can earn the righteousness of God. Dead men cannot do good works. It's through the accomplished work of Jesus Christ that eternal life is made available to each of us. The abundance of that grace and the free gift of righteousness that's been given unto us, it is through Jesus Christ that we now are able to reign in this life. Man's good works do come into play after he is made alive by believing on God's solution. It's then and only then that men and women are able to do the good works that your Father has planned for you. After receiving spiritual life, then obedience in doing the works that God works within, it results in great reward. Through Jesus Christ, we have the victory over death. The works our Father would have us to do are never futile or to no profit. We are to continue steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that there is great reward stored up for each of us in heaven. The rewards will be distributed to each of us at the time of the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, when it comes to relationship versus religion, let's look at a couple things here. Religion, well, it's defined as a set of attitudes, beliefs, and practices. Webster's Dictionary states that religion is an organized system of beliefs, ceremonies, and rules used to worship a god or a group of gods. Religious systems of beliefs, ceremonies, and rules have often, and still today, enslaved people. There are many religions in the world today. I think they say there's over 30,000 offshoots, denominational offshoots, of the Christian religion alone. Religion will most often involve elevating the works of men to gain approval from God. Religion so often is in opposition to a relationship with God. The Creator desires a relationship with His people. He does not desire a rigid structure within which people perform. All of us are children of our earthly parents. You may or may not have had a loving, nurturing relationship in your home as you grew up. If you did, well, then you remember the comfort you felt when you climbed into your mommy or your daddy's arms. If you're a parent, you relate to the joy of having your children love you. You remember your son or your daughter looking up at you with a smile, making a request. As a parent, you also know the love and the concern you have for your children. Your watchful eye never distracted. You're always aware of your child's presence. Or, on the other hand, sadly you may have grown up in a home that was harsh and unloving where you could never do anything right to please your parents, no matter how hard you tried. Perhaps you may have grown up without parents and you bounced from foster home to foster home. At times you may have lived on the street. Well, surely it's sad to have not experienced the love of a family. Yet, no matter how difficult your childhood may have been, there is always room for you in the family of God. I would like to liken religion to the family that is cold and harsh, full of rules and regulations, without love. Religion many times is a list of do this and don't do that, with no concern for the heart of people. It's been said before that religion is the cruelest thing in the world today. Countless millions have been killed because of religious beliefs, and they're still being killed today. Just read the news. Many wars rage today because of religion, all in the name of God. Time and time again, Jesus Christ confronted the hard-hearted religious leaders of his day. The legalists in his time, they were more concerned about Jesus following their protocol rather than having compassion and love for people. Religion fights over ritual and protocol, but sadly ignores the heart needs of individuals. 
Religion tries to snuff out at times and demean those who walk with the Father in relationship. Now, I think it's important for us to understand, I'm not talking about people that go to church this Sunday. There are a lot of very, very good people that go to church, millions of them. What I'm talking about is the religious rules and regulations that place people under bondage to the end of that. You are given rules and regulations, standards according to men, to stand approved before God. That's what I'm talking about. That's the type of religion I'm talking about here. Religion will always cause people to live in fear and bondage and not in the freedom that is found in a relationship with God. When people live for the approval of men, that is bondage. God wants you just to climb into his arms and say, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. That's the sign of a tender relationship. God is always present to bind the wounds of your heart. He cleanses the heart of all unrighteousness. He desires a living, vibrant relationship with you. No matter what you may have experienced in life, God is always present with open arms. Your Father, He wants you to come to Him in your time of need. Hebrews chapter 4.16 states, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may find mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Religion will so often state that we're not good enough to approach God. It will endeavor to coerce us to perform some ritual or some good work to earn our way into His presence. As a little child approaches his earthly father, so can you too freely approach your heavenly father with no fear of rejection. The world and its standard of who God is grossly misrepresents the one true God. He is not a mean ogre waiting to beat you over the head if you make the slightest little mistake. He has been mischaracterized as being harsh and uncaring and unloving. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-9 through 9, Let's read these verses. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. God loved you first. In Romans chapter 5, we'll read some verses here. It says he loved us when we were enemies, ungodly, and sinners. Romans chapter 5, verses 6, 8, and 10. For when you were yet without strength, in due time Christ died in place of the ungodly. Verse 8. For God commends or shows his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died in place of us. Verse 10. For if... When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. When we were ungodly, when we were sinners, when we were enemies, God sent His Son because He loved. God sent His Son not to condemn, but that through Him we might receive eternal life. The Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's always the goodness of God. That is what will lead men to receive what God has available. God is always good. He is light, and in him there is no darkness at all, not even a tiny sliver of darkness, no tiny shadows. He is light, and he is faithful, and he is loving. He desires your heart, not your good works. Religion will keep people from God. A relationship will help us to see our place tenderly in his loving arms of care. 
Godliness is a true and it's a vital, living, spiritual relationship with the Creator of the heavens and the earth. There's always great profit to godliness, to our relationship with God. Our Heavenly Father desires that we know Him and that we trust Him. The Spirit that we have received from Him, that is what allows us to cry, Daddy, Daddy. He hears your every prayer. He knows your every thought. Our heart is to reside in His heart. Our heart is to be so entwined in His that we are to be living epistles. His word is to be written on the table of our heart. Just as the Father lived in Christ, He now lives in you through the Spirit. You're His child. It's God in Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's look a little bit at the headlines of the day. Clearly evident today in the Daily News is the nature of Adam reigning supreme. Not only do we see the sin nature handed down from Adam, but also the futile, superficial attempt of men trying to eradicate or get rid of that nature by their laws and rules and regulations. All of that is nothing more than a band-aid over death. The rot, the stench of death, it eventually eats away the superficial covering and it displays its ugly nature. Always. Those that advocate for a better society through behavior modification and rules and regulation, well, incredibly foolish because it's a spiritual problem that needs a spiritual solution. As clean as men may look on the outside, without the Spirit from God and God's Word, man's heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, as it states in Jeremiah. Let's look at a couple examples. Sometimes we need to look at examples of the wrong side of the issue in order to see the greatness of God's love and His truth. A recent weekend in Chicago, well, it's typical of most. When I pick up the paper on Monday morning, it might say 14 people shot, 3 fatally wounded. Local politicians in the area, well, they want a new tax on the sale of firearms and ammunition. The mayor of Chicago, well, he supports the tax, and he reiterated his commitment to get guns and drugs off the streets. Well, a new tax on bullets will never end the fruit of the sin nature. Another tax is just a foolish attempt at best to clean the heart of men. It amounts to nothing more than throwing a thimble of water on the great Chicago fire. A while back, the Boy Scouts of America, they released files that reveal a long history of child sex abuse by its leaders. You know, this type of behavior cannot be rehabilitated by ankle bracelets, prison time, or public registries. The long-term effects on the one abused are many. Hearts are scarred. The heartache associated with abuse can only be healed by a loving God. The abuser and the abused are changed from the inside out when they accept God's solution, the Lord Jesus Christ. Financial fraud, that's often a headline in the weekly business news. Insiders steal from their company sometimes many millions of dollars. The government establishes more financial regulations. The additional regulations, they do absolutely nothing to stem the tide of deceit and theft. The dishonesty, the embezzlement, it will only cease when the heart of man is changed by the Spirit of the living God. Leaders of nations rail on each other, imposing sanctions and going to war. They send their young men and women to fight a battle. It's a battle that no one wins. Man can never impose peace on another by war or by sanctions. The quote-unquote world peace group, well, they are blindly attempting to accomplish peace without the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. There will never, never be peace on earth until the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords reigns in His kingdom here on earth. Behind closed doors, your neighbor's marriage, well, it may be in shambles. The children may run the house, doing as they please and defiantly disobedient. Hearts are shattered. Hearts are broken. The verbal and physical abuse, it leads to estrangement, confusion. It leads to heartache. It's only the love of God 
that it restores relationships. In love there is no ego, there is no pride, no contention, no lies, no abuse. God, he is the healer of broken hearts. Some politicians, or I don't even know if I should say some, I'm going to say most politicians lie and parse their words to mean the opposite of their intentions. They call evil good and they call good evil. They put darkness for light and they put light for darkness. They're only wise in their own eyes. They negotiate peace that turns to war. There is no true peace outside of the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. All the issues of life come from the heart. The issues of life in the headlines of the day come from a heart void of understanding, a heart that's identified with the old man nature of Adam. The heart of the wicked is of little value. Man can never reform the heart of another by laws and regulations. He can never reform his own heart by good works. The old man nature must be replaced by the new man. God's solution creates in man a new nature. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 states, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Life lived out of the new nature, that is what changes the headlines of the day. So what is the solution to all this? Jesus Christ. Jesus stated that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man could come unto the Father but by him. You know, he either lied or he told the truth. If he lied, well, then we of all men are most miserable. But if he told the truth, then we've got something to live for. When the disciples asked Jesus to show them the Father, he replied that those who had seen him had seen the Father. He also told them to believe him because of the works that he did. Near the end of his life, he prayed to his Father that he would be glorified so that he could glorify his Father. Jesus Christ has been given authority to give eternal life to all that his Father has given to him. Jesus stated that eternal life is to know his Father, the only true God, and he who God sent, Jesus Christ. Jesus was God's plan through the ages to restore mankind back to relationship with God the Father. Thankfully, thankfully, Jesus always did his Father's will. He did not seek to make a name for himself. He did not seek to receive recognition of men. Jesus came to make known the Father. He said of his own self he could do nothing. He only spoke and did what his Father showed him. Jesus Christ did not use his position as the only begotten Son of God for his own personal gain. He took on the form of a servant. He humbled himself. He became obedient under the death of the cross. On the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, Peter stood up in the temple and he proclaimed that Jesus of Nazareth was a man approved of God by miracles and wonders and signs. Later he stated, There is salvation in no other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone is the one that makes eternal life available. There is no eternal life in Muhammad. There's no eternal life in Hindu. There's no eternal life in Krishna or any other fake and false god that's out there. And there are many. There is no other salvation other than in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in Philippians chapter 2 that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee shall bow at his name. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. What man's name is above the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Man's pride will always keep him from receiving the deliverance available through Jesus Christ. Those that trust in their worldly position, their wealth, or their religious ritual, and not in God, have been deceived. 
Those men and women, they must, they, they just must throw away their ego, their pride, and trust in God in order to receive eternal life. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Much better to do it today than at the resurrection of the unjust. Our gracious, our merciful God is calling out to all mankind through the life of Jesus Christ. He made known the Father. He went about everywhere healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. The people, they asked Jesus what they should do to do the works of God. Jesus told them that the work of God is to believe on him whom God had sent. There just is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. He's the only one that was ever raised from the dead. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is God's stamp of approval upon his life. Any and all that promote any other way to God are liars. There's only one true God. A lot of false gods out there, but there's only one true God. Jesus Christ, he shed his blood and he obtained eternal redemption for everyone. He offered one sacrifice, his life for the sin nature and the fruit of that nature one time, forever. He now sits at God's right hand in the heavenly places. The sacrifice of his life has made complete forever those who receive eternal life. We are complete in Christ. It's God's desire that everyone be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. There's only one God, and there's only one mediator between God and men, and that is the man Christ Jesus. How great is the love of the Father? Well, he sent Jesus Christ, and he is the one that has made available that which has been missing all our lives. We were born into this world with the sin of Adam, having only body and soul. Jesus Christ, he came to make available eternal life. So that once again, men and women could become sons of God. What Adam lost in the Garden of Eden, Jesus Christ regained by his sacrifice and his love. He proclaimed on the cross, it is finished. What was he proclaiming to be finished? your redemption. The sin nature which had separated man from God died in the death that Christ died. It could no longer hold power over mankind. It no longer could hold power over you. The justice required to be paid for Adam's disobedience was now paid in full. God paid the price for mankind through the giving of his son. What tremendously awesome love God has for people. He has always desired a family. He started with Adam and Eve and it ended quite tragically. And through the centuries we've seen clearly that mankind could never do for himself what God did through the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in his crucifixion became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. God's great grace and his great mercy has been demonstrated time and time again throughout history. But it found its culmination in the life, death, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel of John, it sums it up quite wonderfully where it says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Jesus Christ is the solution for all mankind for all time. There's no mountain too big to move no secret to keep him from loving you you are holy and without blame that's why the savior came oh you are righteous you are right
for joining us today on the Solution Radio Show. All of the Solution Radio Shows are archived at thesolutionradioshow.com where you may re-listen at your convenience. Also on the website there are links to our guests, musicians, and sponsors' websites. Also on the website there is a page for upcoming events. A reminder that the Praise Line is open 24 hours a day where you may call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life. The number for the praise line is 844-705-3410. We will play some of those testimonies in upcoming shows. Please continue to keep in your prayers the expansion of the Solution Radio Show. I know this week we do have new listeners in both Mongolia and Turkey, which is pretty cool. And in 50 other countries around the world, and many, many cities and states throughout the United States. The Solution Radio Show is listener-supported, both by your prayers, and I really appreciate your prayers, and your financial giving, which is also appreciated. All donations are tax-deductible. Thank you for your support. Our mailing address is the Solution Radio Show, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Once again, that address, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. There is also a donation link available on our website. Some of the sponsors and underwriters we've had this year on the Solution Radio Show, including the Carter Group with offices in Chicago, Dallas, and Minneapolis, Integrity Mortgage and Financial in Colorado Springs, Colorado, John's Handyman Service in the Aurora, Naperville area, Wasatch Technology in Naperville, Morningstar Computer Training and Consulting in the Aurora, Naperville area, and also Ameriprise Financial in Naperville. Please visit our sponsors page on our website to find out more information about those sponsors. Have an awesome rest of your day. God bless you. You are God's very best.